Welcome to another episode of Empowered with Crystal E, a podcast featuring guided tapping sessions, guided meditations, and interviews with folks from the energy and alternative healing fields, along with some of my mindful friends. By tapping along with this podcast, you take full responsibility of your own health and well-being. EFT tapping does not claim to cure, treat, or heal any disease or illness. Always consult a medical professional before starting any new program. By tapping along with this podcast, you take full responsibility of your own health and well-being. Let's get to it. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. With me, I have Andrew Devitt, college professor, writer and creator of the podcast, The Brass Lantern. If you haven't listened, check it out. Then all the links will be in my show notes. Welcome and thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. I don't get invited to too many places. Well, here we are. <laughs> We're virtually hanging out today. Absolutely. Awesome. Talking about some meditation, mindfulness. So tell me about you. Not much to say about me. I've been a college professor for 23 years. I've been a writer and a ghost writer, which I prefer. And I'm also, like you said, uh, my, my current favorite project is the, the Brass Lantern podcast, which I may talk about a little bit later because I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Yes, I'm excited. I'm excited for the new episodes. So tell me, what does mindfulness mean to you? Well, I, I suppose the, the dictionary definition would be uh, like awareness. Okay. But I think of it, I, I think it's more like a consciousness. And I can't define consciousness, but it, it seems like it's consciousness is sort of what makes us us. And I think consciousness, the more consciousness a person has, the more alive they are. And uh, I think, you know, every experience that you have, everything that you do sort of adds to your allotment of consciousness. And um, Mm. mindfulness as a word to me has some negative connotations. Okay. All right. Let's hear it. Well, because, uh, you know, for years, I, I heard about mindfulness meditation, and as a specific practice. And you know, I, I always wanted to be someone who meditates because it just seemed like a, it seemed like a cool thing to do. And it, it, people that did it said wonderful things about it. Uh, and in my early background, I do have a martial arts background and, and uh, I was very interested in Eastern philosophies, uh, which is why I did not get a college degree right away because I abandoned the curriculum that I was supposed to take in favor of taking a lot of philosophy, anthropology type courses that interested me. So I went to four years of college and and got zero degree for my trouble at at that point. But I learned a lot. I learned what I wanted to learn. Perfect. And in mindfulness meditation, I I could be wrong because I'm no expert, but mindfulness meditation, you know, you're you sit there and you're supposed to focus on your breathing and then focus on a, do like a body scan top of your head. I can't do that. It was work. It felt like work to me. It can. Yes. And I like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like have this experience by sitting here, like working. 
sounds like you're doing the total opposite of what you're intending to do. Yeah. And my brain, my uh, preconceived notions of meditation, you know, uh, is like uh, some monk sitting in a room with an empty mind. And so I, <laughs> I would try to empty my mind and it's impossible. I could not empty my mind as much as I tried. It was, it was futile. So I would just sit there getting frustrated and Crystal, that's what mindfulness means to me. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> um, I, I found a different path and that's, that's worked for me. So. Okay. That's really interesting. And I do, I find that a lot of people that I talk to about meditation and mindfulness, they're like, I can't meditate. I can't do it. And I've been there, you know, you, I try to empty my mind. And as soon as it's like three, you know, three quarters empty, it refills itself. And it's like, no, Crystal, we've got more to talk about, you know, so. The other problem I had with it too, is that I've, I've had tinnitus for a couple decades, which is a constant uh, sound in my head and sitting quietly focusing on my breath. It's the worst. It makes the sound louder. I've been suffering with it for years. And yeah. I can tell you, like sitting there, I I have to have noise. I have to. And when I get stressed, it is so loud that it makes me dizzy. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough I thing. To do. <laughs> I hate it. Have you ever gotten rid of it? Uh, I've not gotten rid of it, but I have okay. gotten the decibels down. Okay. It's quieter now, but there was a point where I was almost going insane. Yeah. I have not known silence in 20 years. Okay. And that's All that's right. tough. You know, it seems like such a minor thing. Oh, you've got a ring in your ear. You know, there's people who have so many more problems. And I always contextualize my problems through <laughs> the greater picture. But when you're trying to fall asleep at night and it's 2 a.m. and you've got hornets buzzing in your head. Oh, you're it's okay. Tough. It's tough. I've got like this. I don't know. If, I mean depending on where you went to school, um, I went to Whitesboro and we had the school bell, like this solid school bell between classes. And I'm like, I wake up in the morning to the school bell. And I'm like, no, I graduated from that place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, I kind of, I've kind of learned to embrace it. Like I have my own private sound that you can't hear and it's sort of nice, you know? So I've looked at the positive. Okay. Nice. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay i but will it, take that it gets in the way of the the, the, the mindfulness meditation yes it does it does so what kind of practice do you do for your own self-peace we'll call it well exercise is the first thing i have to exercise um i, I exercise pretty rigorously six days a week um, okay. for my for my mind more than anything else because okay. uh, i i can't uh, I wake up very early in the morning and I have to work out uh, almost immediately. And that's just, I, I, I want to attack the day when it's vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So okay. having, having that as a routine. So I get the physical out of the way and I sort of tire myself out that way. And then I find that um, a meditation, the kind of meditation that I do is a mantra meditation, um, which is not quite mindfulness meditation. I, um, I, I learned the technique years and years ago, and it is so simple um, that it, it was not work. Um, and, and with mantra meditation, I do it twice a day. Okay. 
Um, it, I try to do it in the morning when I'm teaching, you know, classes don't start till 8 a.m. So I, I go to my office at actually 7.30 in the morning and there's no one there. And I shut the door and I'll do the, the morning meditation right in my office. Okay. And then, uh, and then I do it, uh, the second round I do in the uh, later afternoon. So um, not before you go to bed, it's more of like refreshing um, yourself from your work day. Yeah, sort okay. of okay. sort of transitioning to uh, a different mode because you know you you're a different person when you're with different people and you're a different person when you're at work and you know as a professor I I it's I it's more like theater you know I have to put on a performance and so it's it's sort of uh, coming off of the role and trying to uh, dive back into myself and figure out what what myself is okay. So you, you like take your professor mask off and put your you mask on. <laughs> yeah, mask is a good word for it because yeah. you know, the word person comes from the Latin persona, which means mask. Okay. So, you know, built into the definition of who you are is this concept of masks, you know, that we are, we act differently depending on who we're with. And I think that my, uh, mantra meditation, I'm being very careful not to call it a trademark. <laughs> and you could probably Google it and figure it out, but I won't. We'll let, we'll let them do their work. We'll copyright strike your podcast. <laughs> it, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a way of uh, f- figuring out what you are, who you are. You know? Okay. So uh, I do that uh, two times a day for 20 minutes. And um, it's very simple. I sit in a chair. I'm not on the floor. I'm not uh, in the lotus position. I'm not doing any yoga poses. I'm just sitting in a chair uh, with my eyes closed. And it doesn't matter if there's noise. It doesn't matter if, you know, what else is going on around me. In fact, I almost welcome there to be distractions because it sort of helps me with the ultimate uh, goal. And I I have a mantra, uh, which is a, uh, we'll call it a nonsense word. It's a word that really has no meaning, a couple of syllables. Yeah. And it very simply, you just repeat the mantra to yourself, you know, say it out loud. You just say it over and over again in your head. And you know, the, you know how people say that if, if you say a word long enough, it, it, you know, you just repeat a word long enough, it just sort of loses all meaning. Yes. Um, well, repeating the mantra over and over again uh, is like a self hypnosis, I think. Okay. You sort of, sort of hypnotize yourself into just relaxing. And it's a really deep relaxation. And what happens is that, you know, unlike mindfulness, where I was struggling to clear my head, I'm letting every thought happen. Just, I'm not fighting it. Letting every thought happen, no matter how weird or bad or awful memory or good memory, I, I, I just, uh, I, I notice it. I, I'm, I'm aware of the, the memory. And then I go back to the mantra and and I find that that really keeps me calmer in my daily life because I've trained my brain to not react right away negatively to stimuli. I think it's really helpful for that as uh, I know people who've had anger issues and anxiety and, and I don't prescribe this because I'm not a therapist and I know that um, some people have very complicated 
you know, things going on. But for, for me and my own personal experience, uh, it, it, you know, I, I had sort of anger issues as a kid. Um, that's why I got into martial arts and I liked fighting and things like that. Yeah. But I find that uh, I no longer have that problem. Um, I, I just sort of, if something happens, I, I don't react aggressively to it. Instead, I can sort of, I have time to observe, orient and decide and then act. So you get, you really get to see what's going on. You're at a neutral standpoint and then you can say, okay, let me figure out what's going on and how to react to that. Much calmer mindset. Okay. It's because, you know, in, in martial arts, you know, um, tense muscle is weak muscle. I mean, if, if you're trying to throw a punch and your arm is tense and you're trying to use your arm muscles, your punch is going to be very weak. Uh, and, and as an experiment, sometimes just uh, take a pillow and, and set it on a table and then just hold your arm up and then let it fall onto the pillow using no strength. You hit that pillow very hard. Okay. So relaxed muscle is, is strong muscle. And, and the, the brain, the brain is like that. So in my writing career, I use meditation to write because I have to have, if my brain is tense, like I know creative people who go through dry spells, they call it writer's block. Okay. Something like you know, our photographer's block. I don't yes. know. Yes. But they go through this thing, they call it a block. And it's, that's not true. I mean, I, I've had, I had contractors working in my home all last week. They didn't come up and tell me they had to quit because they had contractor's block. <laughs> So what it is, is they're just, they're, they're tense or they're anxious or, you know, they feel pressure and then they, they don't do anything. Nothing gets done. And that's tragic. I know many talented, creative people who aren't producing and they, they use this excuse of this block. And I tell them, you know, it's that tense, you've got to untense that muscle or else it's not going to work. You can't throw that punch and have it hit the target well if you're tense so you relax the brain and so i actually have a notebook that i keep next to me when i do my practice and if i'm working on a novel let's say like like i'm going to be working on a novel this summer last summer i was working on a book and you know you, you write a chapter and then you stop and i always began recalling where the character is in the story and then I do the mantra. And then if, if everything goes well, I see the scene play out in my mind's eye, like a film, like I'm watching the film. Okay. Everything happens. And then my job is to remember it, <laughs> <laughs> write it. Uh, so a lot of times I'll come out of it after my 20 minutes and I'll grab my pen and I'll, I'll quickly write down everything that I saw. Okay. Um, sort of like a lucid dream you know, and, and I found that to be a, a really effective way of writing a, a longer story, a longer narrative, because you've got to keep the, the character moving, you got to keep the plot advancing, you got to keep things happening. But I find that I get very bored. If I outline, you know, if I, if I have to outline, a book, it feels like I've already written the book. Gotcha. And, and I, I, I like the surprise, I figure if I don't know what's going to happen next, then the reader won't know what's going to happen. So I, I'll, I'll write something and then I'll stop, you know, and then I'll do the meditation the next morning and 
what I'm going to write next uh, is whatever I see playing in that theater in my mind. That's fascinating. It's, and it really works. And, you know, I teach writing classes and I don't teach this because I don't know how, I don't know how people would take it. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So I don't want to come off as some kind of a guru, you know, um, because that's not me at all. Um, I'm not a spiritual person at all, honestly. Okay. This is, this is really, I, I think of it as a self hypnosis, um, psychology more than spirituality. Right. I think writing accesses a part of the brain um and and you know the the best things i've ever written in my opinion are the things that have come out very fast i've written them very quickly and then i go back and i reread them and i'm like i don't remember writing this really yeah uh because you're just sort of in this you know writing is hearing this voice in your head and writing down what it says yeah i think that's where consciousness sort of comes in you know um uh, you know, wh whatever I'm channeling, whatever part of my brain I'm channeling, um, when it works, it, it works uh, pretty good. And I, the meditation helps open that channel, I think, to myself. That's wild. That writing, is very cool. Writing to me is me telling myself about myself. And so I, I learn about myself through writing. That's why I've, I've never been to therapy. Shocking. <laughs> but I, I figured it all out in the writing. That's uh, fantastic. Yeah. You're like 8,000 light years ahead of all the rest of us here, I feel like. No, 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 <laughs> no very much not. This stuff is easy. That's my point. My point is this stuff is easy. Uh, anybody, anybody can do this. <laughs> if right. I can do it, especially anybody can do it. All right. I'm going to, from the advice you've given me previously, I'm going to try it again. I yeah. definitely am. Because I, I could use some chill in my life right now. <laughs> well, what's your practice? What do you do? I, I do a lot of EFT, the tapping. Um, yoga definitely helps me. And being out in nature, being by water, there is nothing like it for me. Okay. It just takes me back. I'm grounded. I feel small, yet still a part of the earth. Yeah. a part of the world we live in i'm like okay there is so much out there to see and i don't know to me it's like being at the ocean like the earth wants me to see its beauty yeah the ocean uh, one of my favorite spots on earth is uh, a little spot north of marblehead massachusetts and it's just like a, a there's a little lighthouse and you can sit there on a bench on a cliff and you just see the ocean and uh yeah, I go there and I, I can just sit there and, and watch that. Then uh, I don't have to move for a while. Yeah, that's always a good feeling. Like you don't have anything to do. You don't have anywhere you have to be. You could just sit right. and, and watch the waves come in. So, oh, I love that. That's fantastic. That is, I love your, uh, that's a great, I love that. I love everything that you have said so far. That just <laughs> makes me so happy. It's been quite a day. Um, I, can, I can only screw it up from here. <laughs> we can only get better from here. <laughs> so really the thing that like sparked your interest was kind of stress relief, would you say? So what happened was um, I, I reached a point in my life. I was in my mid twenties. And I did not know I was stressed out. Like I'm not a, I'm not an anxious person. 
I mean, like I said, I had anger issues, but um, it wasn't anxiety. But my life changed dramatically in my 20s. You know, when I became a, I became a, a, a professor at 26. And, you know, before that, my life was very different. And so when I, when I changed my life to this academic environment, I started having weird symptoms. And what was going on with me was that uh, I, I started having like pain in my chest okay. and it would, it would radiate out to my limbs. And, and then it got that I, my, my, my hands would go numb and they're just, just tingling. So like, what the hell is going on? So I, I went to uh, my doctor and my doctor sent me to a neurologist and they did nerve induction tests and MRIs and CTs, all these things to check my nervous system. And thankfully there was no like autoimmune disease or anything like that. The, the, the neurologist said uh, it's stress. And I, I was shocked because I, I didn't feel like I was stressed up, but my body was feeling it. Like my mind didn't realize it. Okay. But my body had been storing all the stress from my previous existence. <laughs> okay. Uh, I had all the stress and it was, it was just my body had sort of reset itself to this level of stress. And then when my life changed, it, it just, I was just sort of falling apart. And okay. that doctor who I won't name prescribed me Xanax which I did not want to take. And again, I'm not a doctor, follow your doctor's orders, but I didn't want to be on Xanax. And, and I didn't, I never took the pills and I never went to that doctor again, because once I knew what the problem was, once I knew that it was stress, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to fix it myself. And so uh, that's when I started doing the, the meditation and, okay. um, and that, that really did help. And now I'm, I don't have those those problems. That's fantastic. And I'm not a physician. That's just my experience. It worked for you. And I feel like more people need to know. And I'm I'm very much about, you know, yes, follow up with your doctors and take care of yourself, but I'm very much about get to the root of the problem. Right. And that that's what I needed to know. I needed to know that this was a stress-related problem. And once Mm -hmm. I once I knew that, I attacked it at the source and um you know stress is a normal part of life and i I, and i I actually believe that a certain amount of stress is probably healthy Mm -hmm. system um but uh you know especially post pandemic you know the the student classes are not doing well you know they really went through something and it's easy it's easy for me to criticize you know because oh we all went through it but i didn't go through it as a kid right i didn't go through it in high school i didn't go you know it was hard enough going through it as a assumedly functioning adult but going through it you know missing your prom missing all this stuff that maybe they were looking forward to missing their friends i can imagine that took a toll yeah and, and i think they need and you see you see people sort of losing it more and more, you know, people behave very differently in public, Mm -hmm. public transportation, airports, people just, people are on edge. They are. They definitely are. I think that if, if, if people would practice 
simple mantra meditation. I'm not going to say it's going to bring about world peace, but I think it might make the airports more tolerable. You know what I mean? Airports, grocery stores, yeah. the banks. I yes, I 100% agree. So you actually had a pivotal point where you were like, okay, this is a no go. Let's change up, you know, something. Yeah, yeah, okay. and and, and uh, you know, I'm I'm also really. Um, I think I think having a routine is important. It is. Um, yeah. Diet is extremely important. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I think people should. I, I think the food that we eat a lot of the times is part of the problem. I, you know, I always say, you know, when you go to the grocery store, shop. shop You're the perimeter. Perimeter. Yes. Don't shop that interior. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It really, it really affects you. It really, you know, and they're doing all kinds of research now, you know, between the gut and the brain, you know, there's a big connection there yep. and the gut actually informs the brain. You know, you hear people say, well, I've got this intuition. I feel it in my guts. That's a legitimate thing. It's, it's your not, second brain. Yes. It's not, yes. not some, you know, ESP magic stuff. It's your nervous system and that's how it works. Mm -hmm. And there are people who are killing their gut. Uh, and that really affects the brain it and does. the system. It does. Oh, I'm glad you talked about that. Cause I am, I'm very big on like healthier eating. I mean, I get it. Every once in a while. Martini, you know? <laughs> You've got your, is that an organic olive? <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's an expensive olive. I don't know if it's all right. We'll take but, it. Um, yeah. You know, but I think, uh, <laughs> I think, everything in moderation agreed agreed yes no i do agree on that i mean i i am very much about like you know if there's a treat you want to have and you can have it in moderation by yeah. all means Absolutely. Yeah. but if you're like me and you can't have just one cookie cookies don't belong in the house <laughs> I, I have i have i love donuts okay i love donuts uh, i have one a year Wow. I have, I have it. And I do that. I do this on purpose just to prove to myself that I've got this willpower. That's just, fantastic. Of chicken. I play with myself and I go and I have my one donut and then I'm done for the year. Is it from any place specific or. Oh, I used to go to the fly. Like a Holland farms donut. <laughs> I used to go to the fly Creek cider mill, but now I'm really, okay. liking, uh, I'm really liking this uh, cider mill in Clinton for my donut. Yeah. They're not even paying me to say that. So but I like to go there for my annual it's donut. The donut. The donut. <laughs> Good donut. What advice would you give your younger self? You know, first off, I, I I would be very hesitant to give my younger self any advice because my whole life has been a spectacular accident. I didn't plan any of this. Wow. Um I had no career plan. I had no um so I I, I think I think if I changed anything, I'd be worried about a butterfly effect where I, I wouldn't be where I am now. And I like where I am now quite a bit. So I, but I think one thing I would say to myself in high school is uh, pain does not make you special. That's, that's what I thought. Huh. Okay. That's interesting. That's my only advice to my younger self. All right. I like that. 
That is, you are really talking to me today in more ways than you can understand right now. <laughs> so I, I appreciate our chat today so much. Uh, where can people find you? Um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook, and but I, the place I'd really love for you to find me is uh, the podcast that I do with my colleague, Matt Powers. Mr. Powers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, we have a, we have an old time radio style, fully scripted, uh, adventure podcast called, uh, the brass lantern, and you can get it wherever you're listening to us right now. Just search for the brass lantern, uh, podcast. Um, and our latest episode, I am told will be out by the end of May, I'm hoping, or early June. Yeah. Um, and it's hopefully a good one, but it's a, you know, if, if you're a fan of old time radio, which I am, uh, you know, with, with tinnitus, I need to fall asleep to sound. I can't fall asleep to quiet. So I'm always, you know, playing, uh, and I can't, I can't have music on because music, music is very emotional. Okay. And I, I don't want to feel an emotion. <laughs> yeah. As you're trying, to, trying yeah. to, so I, I, and, and, so I, I, I used, to, when I was, uh, when I was um, in college, I started listening to old time radio to go to sleep. Very cool. Uh, um, and uh, things like the shadow and those, mm -hmm. those old style, like the green hornet, those old programs I, I loved. Um, and, but they are definitely artifacts of the past. Yeah. And, but now that podcasting is a thing, it's almost like radio in quotes has had a rebirth. And yes. so um, we, it was actually Mr. Powers came to me and asked if I had any interest in doing a podcast. And oh, very cool. Um, you know, through he has a he has a, a group called Lift Theater, Little Falls Theater, mm -hmm. um, that he does. And uh, it was it was through that. And uh, I wrote a script and um, and got his feedback on it. And uh, then we assembled a little cast and. We've had, uh, I think, a dozen episodes now. And, it's and are you going to do another live read? That was awesome. You know, I liked, I liked doing that. We did, we've, we've done two live shows. Like, my favorite was like we, I, there was a Brass Lantern Christmas special, holiday special. And we did it for Christmas in Little Falls. And that was a lot of fun. And um, I can't memorize lines. So I've, I've never gone into acting because my memory is so poor. But doing doing radio, you know, there's voice acting. There's a script in front of you. Um, yeah, that's up to Mr. Power. I'm open to anything. It's, okay. You know, Mr. Powers is. Uh, I'm gonna have a chat with that man. <laughs> he says go because I I write the thing mm -hmm. and I I do a voice for it. I voice the brass lantern, one of the brass lanterns. His wife Laura Powers also is a is a brass lantern. Um, but uh, he directs it and uh does all of the sound and all that heavy lifting stuff so um i it's it's his his decision okay all right well together you guys make a really great team like i am very excited and i definitely recommend if anybody is going to listen to it start from the very beginning because it is a story that unfolds and I recommend follow like you, I'm sure you can pick it up, you know, in the middle or whatever, yeah. but to get the full effect, start at the beginning. And the first six episodes are one story. 
Uh, and then <clears throat> after that, there's self-contained episodes. So if you if you search the podcast, you'll see episode one, episode two. If there's a number after it, you kind of need to listen to them in order. Mm -hmm. But if there's not a number after it, I kind of try to write them so that it could be your first episode. Uh, gotcha. Okay. They sort of turn into self-contained stories after that first season. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was. It's just a lot of fun. It's it's just a, you know, I tell I tell my students that I started writing when I was four years old playing with my action figures in the backyard because that was that was writing. I have you know characters. Yeah. And I made stories up. And so, you know, this Brass Lantern, you know, writing is lonely, you know, writing a book, writing a story, it's lonely, you know, you're, you're talking to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. But the Brass Lantern, I get to play with my friends, you know, I get to, I I get to have collaborators and there's other people involved and we've had very talented, very talented people, gracious musicians and yeah, yeah you guys really rocked it out. Uh, so it's 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 fun for me writing is not fun for me writing okay. is writing is hard you know I've been doing it for so long but I don't enjoy writing I enjoy the after the end product like it's like you know I've never given birth but it doesn't look fun but after you <laughs> birth I hope you like the baby right that's all <laughs> That's how I feel about writing. It's, yes. The writing process is that it's not good, but there's nothing better than being done writing. <laughs> and then, you know, um, having that product, having it out there is, is great. So it's worth it. It's, it's, a, it's the hardest job in the world. And I, I know I'm, I have writer friends who love it and they do it because they love it. And that's, that's not me. Okay. <laughs> that's fair I, that's I like, fair i like being i like something i sort of have to do for some reason but i like okay that. there's nothing more rewarding than finishing yes thing. and the brass lantern is a collaboration it's, it's a 100 a collaborative effort and i love hearing how actors read the lines i wrote and a lot of times they will read them in a voice that i did not write them in okay they make it better it's just fantastic. I really like it a lot. Good. Please Good. check out the Brass Lantern podcast. Yes, definitely check it out. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. It was awesome chatting with you. Thanks for having me, Crystal. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. My intro and outro music was created by Justin Riley, who can be found as Mission Control on SoundCloud. All links can be found in the show notes. I can't wait to tap with you again. Cheers.